0: Amen. Thank y'all. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, If you would, take a Bible, or take your Bible, and turn to Matthew 6. Uh, And as you do that, I couldn't help but thinking, as we sang, Jesus paid it all and reminded of many baptism services. The last one being two weeks ago. Praise God. But the next one will be Easter Sunday. And to give a promo, if you have not been baptized... Uh, if you're thinking about baptized, if you're led to be baptized, we would love to talk to you, so that's two, not two months away, uh, but excited about Easter. We'll be moving into Lent here in a couple weeks and talk more about that, but I just couldn't help think about baptism. Amen? I mean, amen? Amen? amen. Good stuff, yeah. So Matthew 6, we are in a series on prayer, and it's focusing on the Lord's Prayer, and we're doing this for... Really, two reasons. One, because I believe whether you're a Christian or not here, um, whether you're a Christian or not out there, people in our culture want to connect to God. Uh, and Jesus, as you know, whether you believe in Him or not, He's the primary spiritual figure of history. He said, This is how you connect to God, specifically the Lord's Prayer. And then, secondly, it's just easy to get used to it. Uh, I mean, a lot of us have grown up saying it. A lot of us know it by heart, but we get used to it. So we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. We're reading it uh, every Sunday uh, through this uh, series. And we'll close, uh, I believe, next week. So Matthew 6, and I'm going to read verse 9 through 15. Jesus said, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's in Matthew 6. Uh, Also, later on, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 6. So you may want to turn and mark that just to be ready. The Lord's Prayer. Today, we're going to be talking about confession and forgiveness. So it's the part, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, That is confession, forgive us, and then that we forgive. And I want to tell two stories real quick. Uh, both sets uh, revolving around World War II. I love World War II history. might like World War II history? Yeah, good stuff. First story, two contrasting stories, okay? First story about a Nazi war criminal, and his name was, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, Ongel. It's a true story, Ongel. So the war was won, and he was... Uh, Convicted of crimes at the Nuremberg trials and sentenced to prison. And so he served his time in prison. You know, atrocious war crimes, concentration camps, all that. He got out of prison and he was like, okay, so I've served my time. And he and his wife uh, wanted to settle down and live the rest of their days in a small village in France. Wanted to get out of Germany, just be anonymous, just live... Peaceful life. is like, I've served my time. Well, you know how small towns go. Um, people talk. It was uncovered who he was, what he'd done. And so soon thereafter, that they moved there and been settled, a, uh, a mob formed. And they were going to seek justice. Uh, and they were going to kill this guy, Angel. Now, one of the citizens of the town... True story, okay? Frenchman named Moriot. He was involved in all this and in the meetings. And he was convicted to maybe help him escape, but to, to not kill him. So he went to the guy's home and said, Look, we know what you've done. There's a mob coming tonight, and they're going to kill you. Um, and so they began to talk, and Angel confessed what he'd done and talked to him. And, and slowly, Moriot's heart uh, kind of began to melt towards him. You know, like he was a human being. You know, he deserved to live out. He didn't deserve to die. He'd serve time. And so, look, I'll help you escape. You can, you can get away. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll go with you, but I just need to know one thing. And he said to you, to the Frenchman, will you forgive me? And even after listening to his story, even considering him as a human being, he said, I still can't forgive you for what you've done. And then he said, well, if you can't forgive me, then I can't go with you. And so he stayed at his home, and the mob came that night and killed him. Contrasting story. A uh, a lady, a Christian. Her name's Corey Tin Boom. Anybody ever heard of her? If you have, raise your hand. Few. You? Okay. Good. Good. Corey Tin Boom. She wrote a wonderful memoir called The Hiding Place. Highly recommend it. She was Dutch, and her family was Christian, and they hid Jews during World War II. Uh, and then they were caught, and so they were sent to a concentration camp as well as Christians for hiding Jews. Corey Boom survived the concentration camp. Uh, several of her family members did not. And she tells a story about uh, a guard that she would see like every day in the concentration camp and would walk by and would mock them. I mean, look, you can imagine the things uh, that were said. Uh, uh, mocking, hateful, you know, making fun of looks, appearance, bodies. As a fa- All this bad stuff. And she survived the Allies, uh, rescued the camp. She lived on. She lived to be an old lady, wrote this book. But after she published the book, uh, churches began to want her to speak. And she first said she'd never go back to Germany again, but some churches in Germany wanted her to speak. She went to Germany. She spoke with these churches. And, and one night... She was speaking to a congregation about forgiveness, and she saw that man, that guard, in the congregation, I and mean, she saw him like, like I see you. I mean, I can see your face. And She recognized him, you know, and she recounts like, "Oh my goodness! Like, you know, what am I going to? I hate this man. I hate him. The things he said. I mean, those memories not just stay, but stain." after the after she talked the guard the former guard came up to her and he said something like and I'm probably not getting the words right but paraphrasing you know you know dear sister you know i've become a christian how good it is now that we can have true fellowship in christ and you know he extended his hand or you know made like he wanted to hug her and she She thought, you know, in that brief moment, like, I can't can't embrace this man. Finally, she said the only way she could embrace him was to see themselves as two sinners saved by Christ embracing one another. And she did embrace him. And she said she forgave him. The stain's still there, okay? She forgave him. And only by the power of Christ, as two sinners in need of God's grace, in need of forgiveness... Could that forgiveness happen? Two contrasting stories. Uh, Which one would you fall into? We want to say the second, the latter. That's tough. It's real tough to do. Especially those who have hurt us, harmed us, betrayed us, talked ill of us, gossiped about us. I mean, hopefully we never face, and some Christians today are facing that kind of persecution. Hopefully we won't, but can we do that? Can we forgive The Bible says we can, by the cross, by God's power. But it is some of the toughest actions that we are called to take as Christians. So today, confession and forgiveness. I would say those are the most critical, or at least some of the most critical to our faith. I mean, to become a Christian, you confess. As a sinner, you are forgiven. To grow as a Christian, I mean, our lives should be one of continual confessing and seeking continual forgiveness, and seeking to forgive others. And yet, it is the most challenging, first, to confess. Like, we don't want to confess often, and to forgive. So I want to I try to be real simple and fairly quick, and just two questions to try to answer. What is confession, and what is forgiveness? What is confession, what is forgiveness for us? So, so first, confession. Okay? Confession. And if if you take notes, I'd love for you to write this down. Uh, I'm going to try to really simplify it as much as possible. I, I just think this is so key, and so many of us do not do it. Confession. What is confession? Three things. First, own the sin. Own the sin. Own it. Here's what I mean. Often, we minimize it. We justify it. And I'm talking about our sin. I'm not talking about another brother and sister's sin. Own our sin. We minimize, that's oh, not that bad. I mean, you know, I mean, porn, yeah, but at least it's not adultery. You know, like for real with another person. Minimize it, we justify it. They hit me, so I'll hit back. We blame others on our sin. Like, how do I do that? Well, you can start by saying, I am a sinner. And I'll say this, I am a sinner. I have sinned against a holy, perfect God, and Jesus is a Savior for sinners. I mean, it can be that, it is that simple. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against a holy, perfect God, and Jesus is a Savior for sinners. Own our sin. See, we live in, um, we want to live in the, don't take this the wrong way, we want to live in the, uh, in, the, in the butt world, okay? Like we, we say our butts, okay? You know, but, but, but. Like, uh, God, I confess, you know, I got this issue with anger. Forgive me for anger, but, but, but they wronged me. God, I confess, I mean, I need people's approval so much, but that's how I was raised. God, I confess, forgive me of my deal with lust, but you created me with strong desires. God forgive me for being so critical of others, but you gave me the gift of discernment. I mean, I can see it. I mean, I mean we live in the world of, say the world of buts in our confession, Own the sin, just own it. I mean, you can think up other issues that you deal with. Take out that. Confession is not explaining. Confession is taking responsibility for the sin. Own the sin. Second, focus on God. Own your own sin. Focus on God. See, often, you're like, thought I am focused on God. Well, see, I think often we focus on ourselves. Like, we, we get all caught up in self-pity, and, uh, or we focus on somebody else, we'll blame others, um, we'll have guilt. And it's interesting, I see people confess and they're forgiven and they just keep the guilt. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but focus on God. I want to give two, again, two contrasting examples, illustration. Uh, this is Isaiah 6. If, you, if you're not there, go to Isaiah 6. Before then, though, I want to talk about Mark Twain. Anybody know who Mark Twain is? No, not many. Mark Twain, you know, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer. Anybody read it, read Cliff Notes? Yeah, <laughs> students. little secret, okay? Mark Twain was one of my boyhood heroes, okay? And not like as a writer, but just like what he wrote about. Like I grew up and up in North Mississippi, we had a, a big creek behind our house, it's not on our parents' land. I mean, we just, you know, walk and roam, and there's this creek. And my brother and I would pretend it was the Mississippi River, and I'd see these movies, you know, about, you know, fishing in the Mississippi River and Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I love Mark Twain. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, just live that life. Still do. Still think Huckleberry Finn's a great book. As I've grown up, and you may not know this. I mean, he's a great American author. Uh, he grew into a bitter atheist. A bitter atheist. And part of his struggle was um, the deal of forgiveness. And he thought a lot of preachers were hypocrites. um, Thought a lot of Christians were hypocrites. And he said, and I'm not going to quote him right, but something like this. He's like, God puts such a weight on us by placing this Bible. It's like he places it on our chest and says, live up to this Bible. And only then will I forgive you. And he said something like, what right does God have to judge me? Now, so hear that, and again, he moved from exploring faith to becoming a bitter atheist, angry at God. And he said, you know, I can never live up to that. And he looked at Christianity as rules. Maybe that's how he heard it from preachers or teachers, I don't know. But he said, how dare there be a God who, who judges us and he said, I want forgiveness, but how could he ever forgive? And I think he's wrapped up in self-pity and really focused on himself. Contrast that to Isaiah. Isaiah 6. This is a, this is a famous passage I'm going to read. I'm going to read verse 1 through 8, where Isaiah sees God, sees the living Lord. Not fully hidden, because then he would die, but... Listen to this, Isaiah 6, starting with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I mean, this is, if, you don't, if you're not aware of this passage, this is, one of, this is a famous passage about seeing a glimpse of God and the heavens. Verse 2, above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. And we can't understand this. We're not supposed to understand this, but these these are heavenly, godly images. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, This is Isaiah speaking. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. You look at this. Isaiah confesses. He says, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. He focuses on God. He says, My sin is against a holy, perfect, powerful God. Now, I don't believe any of us have had visions of seraphims and I mean that's a real deal in the Bible but I do think our focus should not be on ourselves it should be that I have sinned against God okay own our sin focus on God and last about confession rely on grace rely on grace Isaiah we see verse 7 he says your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. God's grace. Rely on grace. This is real quick. When we confess, we should gamble on grace. How many gamblers we got out there? You don't have to raise your hand. Anyway, I'm not a gambling man, but you know what gambling is. Gamble on grace. See, anytime you confess to another brother or sister, Christian or, or a person, not a Christian, you're gambling they will forgive you. Your confession is a risk. They don't have to. You confess, when you, when you own up, you're like, you know, here I am. And, and it's, a, it's a risk. It's a gamble. And often, when we confess to God, we rely, use that word again, we rely on, well, I'm going to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to clean my act up. I'm going I'm to get it together. It's still about us and all our work. Rely on God's grace, His mercy. A lot of us hardworking you know, red-blooded Americans and can do. We we really, guilty is charged here, we really don't get grace. I mean, I want to get it done. I'll do, plan, organize. You know. So I confess, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change. It's not relying on grace. It's not resting in his grace. If we know the Bible, God, we just saw here, gives grace. Own our sin. Focus on God, rest in his grace. Now let's get to the good news, forgiveness. Good news for us. Not only in our forgiveness, but that we can forgive others. What is forgiveness? Remember, two questions. What is confession? Now what is forgiveness? First, forgiveness is a new beginning. And and so many people don't get this. So many live in guilt, powerlessness of past, of actions, of like, this is who I am, or I'm a sinner. Or, I mean, I, trust me, I know, I see it. Again, I want to, Isaiah says, you know, they took a, a burning coal that he'd taken from tongs, from the altar. He touched Isaiah's mouth and says, your guilt is taken away. Your sin is. Atone for it 's a new start in forgiveness when you come to the Lord, confessing there 's a new beginning, you have a new beginning today i I I'm, I'm mourn, I grieve because I know brothers and sisters walk out of this church every Sunday and they 're not starting a new beginning. I mean, they may have a powerful experience, but but I know the, the pressures of you know keeping up with the Joneses or the the social pressures or the worries and the burdens and man I, I mean I grieve that new beginnings aren't really you know they don't stick I mean they do sometimes but I just know I know I know human sin I know the power of Satan and I know the power of Jesus stronger but it's like sometimes I want to shake you know shake us shake me wake up wake up a new beginning your sin is atoned for. You're free. You have joy. I didn't say it, this says it. Second, a new beginning, a release. I love that word release, man. Just let go. Man, release. Let go. I know we got some chill brothers here. Who likes to just release chill? You know what I'm saying? Chris is looking down. I just I always think of him, raise I know, yeah. know. Like, I'm just reading my Bible, bro. <laughs> I just, say, I just think it's chill, man. I love Chris. Release. Here's what I mean. What if you're released from the fear of others' approval? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You're like, where does it say that in the Bible? Well, look at Isaiah. Stay here. You know, he says, woe in me, for I am lost, verse 5, man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But then he's touched. This is why I read verse eight the Lord said, "Whom shall I send? who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, "Here I am, send me. you catch that? The shift in Isaiah He said man, it is I am released. I'm ready to go. these people of unclean lips, these people of gossip, these people of backstabbing, these people who you know, want to want to try to justify their own own lives in comparison with others. Man, I'm ready to go. I love them. The release is this is a key point. The release is that you can go and love and serve others with no strings attached because you know God's forgiveness. You've been released. I love Brother Jay Field, and he was talking about how we were praying for him. I've seen that happen. And, and look, we're all broken. We're all taking steps. Amen, bro? Amen. Amen. But I mean, he's, he's experienced some release. We all have. We want it more. There's a release. And then last thing, and I'm going to tell a brief story. This is most important. Forgiveness is based on the cross. It's based on the cross. It's the gospel. I mean, there's a reason we have our version of old rugged cross front and center, underneath Jesus. You know, it's not just, you know, and I'm everybody, most people know, I mean, I'm not like decorative. I don't even know if I got that right. But, you know, just, I'm like, keep it simple. Throw the cross up there, and I love the stained glass window, but it's based on the cross. Uh, again, Isaiah, the coal, okay, the coal, look, the burning coal came from the altar. The altar was where the animals were sacrificed the sacrificial lamb. Now, a burning coal doesn't have much power. Right here, the whole Bible points to Jesus. The whole Bible points to the cross. So right here, he's pointing to what would come for us. The greatest sacrifice. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, who takes away the sin of the world. Romans 8.1. If you're in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. The Lamb of God whose body was broken, whose blood was shed, as you'll hear said in just a moment when we take communion. End with a quick story. True story. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know how this happened, but it. well, you'll just hear it. But it's true. Uh, some campers in Georgia about 20 or 30 years ago uh, were caught as a Wildfire was coming. Forest fire. Campers in the midst. Spreading fast. What do they do? They had some matches, okay? And they took the matches and and they burned out a broad space. They knew they couldn't outrun it. And they burned out this space. And they stepped into the burned out space. And were saved by being in the burned out space. Why? Because fire can't burn what has already been burned. Okay? True story. Why are you you saying that? The cross is yours and mine. It's our burned out space. You see, the fires of the world will come, but Jesus on the cross is our burned out space, protecting us. Actually, you know, the gospel is, I mean, the the wrath of God, the fire of God. Kind of got to get this too. Again, Jesus is that burned out space. Jesus took. Took it for us. Took God's wrath. He was the sacrificial lamb. He is our atonement. He was the propitiation, big word there, for our sins. So that we can be at peace with God. And... When we know that, we can be at peace with one another. And it's always a gamble for others, and we can reach out in forgiveness, and they may not receive it, but we can rest, and that God, because of the cross, has forgiven us. Two questions. And I know what some of your answers will be. I mean, do you really know the real joy of, of release, of, of chill, of I'm forgiven, I'm, I'm good. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. There's joy in that. There's, do you know that? Do you know the freedom in that? The freedom to, to love and serve others with no strings attached. Not because of a self-effort or some positive thinking plan, but because you're living in that burned out space. You're protected. If not, I invite you today. We're going to take communion. And it's all about the cross. Body broken. blood shed. Step into the burned out space. Live in freedom and joy. These are, these are real things. And yes, you, you may walk out of here and you're going to have the same job and same relationships. But it starts... Starts in your heart, then you can go out to the body of the church, to the world. I want you to—I do want to shake. I want want to shake you. I want you to know that freedom and that joy. Step into the burned-out space. Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. Thank you for doing what none of us could do, and I pray we would rest in the release that you have given in the cross, by the cross, so that we don't have to live in fear whether that's fear of someone trying to harm us or fear of not living up to you or our parents or a spouse or a child or a group of friends. But we would rest in your forgiveness, which will give us the power to freely forgive others. May we come to you now and confess. Confess that we have sinned. Let us own our sin. Focus on you and and rest in your grace. In your name we pray, amen.